Speaking of the economy, with some positive modeling numbers released by the province yesterday, looks like we're tracking towards a little less than 20,000 positive COVID cases in the province. There has been plenty of talk and plenty of questions regarding just how and when the Ontario economy should reopen. Here's Premier Ford asked about that, as you heard last hour, right here on Global News Radio. So I've talked to uh, Premier Horgan. Uh, Keep in mind, they're about three weeks ahead of us. And when I spoke to them, it was uh, about four or five days ago, they only had nine cases in all of BC uh, that day. So, you know, he, he's much further ahead of uh, us on on uh, the, this COVID based on they ended up getting the spike a lot earlier than, than we did. So once we get to that point, uh, there's no one out there that, that wants to move forward on the economy more than I do. Uh, but we'd rather be safe than sorry. Uh, people are going to have to hang in there. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm getting lobbied hard by so many different uh, groups and organizations. But it's it's easy to say open, open, open until we get a second wave of this, and it bites us in the backside. Uh, just just I, I just beg people to be patient. And I understand we're dealing with uh, two different worlds uh, right now, and uh, the two different worlds are we're we're dealing with the impact that we see at uh, long term care. And then we, we see things getting a little better in the public domain. And I understand we're dealing with two different worlds. We're dealing with big urban centers like Toronto and Ottawa and other areas versus rural areas uh, that are saying, why not us? Uh, I, I understand that. But I just ask people, just please be patient uh, for a little bit longer. Uh, we're going to roll out the framework. Uh, we want to make sure people have hope. They, they have certainty. Uh, but once we get rolling, uh, we're going to move forward quickly and, we all pray this doesn't come back and, and bite us uh, in September, uh, but we're, we're going to move cautiously. Okay, there's the Premier preaching patience. Let's welcome in to further unpack this, David McDonald. He is with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, and he joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. David, good afternoon. Appreciate you coming on. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. All right. First off, uh, we talked with a doctor yesterday about the health and the science of bringing the economy back. So today we want to try to kind of focus on the dollars and the cents. And I guess my first question for you is, do we have any idea just uh, how bad, how punishing this has all been for the economy? Well, the thing is, I mean, we're looking at the labor force survey that came out at the start of April. Uh, It actually did survey in mid-March, in the first week of March. And so we're actually going to have to wait till the first week in May before we, I think we get a full picture of what's going on here. We have uh, six, almost 7 million people now, uh, unique applicants receiving the emergency benefit. Um, You know, there were only about 20,000 people employed in this country, or sorry, 20 million people employed in this country uh, at the end of February. Uh, If 7,000 of them have become unemployed and therefore receiving this benefit, uh, that's roughly a third of all working Canadians in February have lost their jobs in a month. I mean, that is just, we just, we have never experienced anything like that. And so um, I think any type of projection that's based on past history of recessions is based on something that, uh, you know, has happened. We have experience with recessions, putting a third of our workforce out of work in a month. We've just never, we've never done that before. And so the path back is, this is completely new territory for economists. Yeah, for sure. The numbers are big. The numbers are staggering. The city of Toronto, David, held meetings over the weekend. Premier Ford also says that his government has been talking about it. What do you believe is the best and most responsible way to get people back to work? 
Well, I mean, this isn't an economic problem. It's a health problem, first and foremost. I think until we have an effective treatment or until we have a cure, uh, there, there won't be a full reopening of the economy. I mean, we could, of course, reopen it. Uh, we could say tomorrow everyone go back to work. But the problem is, uh, as the you know, as the Premier Ford was saying, is that we're just going to end up with a big resurgence and we'll just end up in lockdown a month or two from now, which is what we want to avoid. We don't have the pest testing capacity at this point. We don't have the contract tracing to do what other countries have done. We just don't have the capacity right now. And we need those as a precursor to allowing more people to go back to work. Otherwise, we're just going to end up back where we started full lockdown again. Um, and so with, with that in mind, um, I think once we do start to get these cases under control, we need to have that just a health piece in place. Um, and then I think, you know, we're in a position to, to slowly ease back into opening up businesses potentially based on the count of people that would that would be there. So non-essential businesses with stores that are of a certain size or with a limited number of people that come in. And if we don't see a resurgence in cases due to that for a couple of weeks, then we move to to, you know, to bigger to bigger sizes and so on. But it's certainly going to be a phased approach. Um, I think what's what's not recognized is that that the economy is is not a switch. It is not a light switch. It is in the sense that we can turn it off, and we certainly did in a month, but we can't just turn it back on, particularly when we don't have a solution to this health problem. But even if we did, we probably couldn't turn it back on in the sense that people have lost work. They've lost a lot of pay, uh, even if they are on these emergency benefits. And a lot of people are scared, frankly, and they should be, um, that uh, that they aren't going to go out and spend in the economy like they, like they might have had none of this happened. Um, and will likely have changed norms in terms of people's preferences, that there, that there will probably be a lot less preference to go to a big sporting event, for instance, or to go to a concert um, with the knowledge that, uh, you know, you could become very sick or infect loved ones. Yeah, let's pick up on that for a second, because do you think that there are some things that need to change before certain businesses can reopen and people go back to work? And I'm thinking in particular of the restaurant and the service industry. I mean, are we talking about restaurants reconfiguring things so that there's proper physical distancing? I mean, we've all been to restaurants, particularly in Toronto, where the square footage and the rent is just so expensive. They're trying to pack us all in there like uh, rats and get as many tables and as many chairs and seats in there just so that they can and pay the rent and pay their employees, turn a profit. Do those sorts of things need to be looked at and changed before, say, the restaurants could come back? I mean, the real challenge in, in retail food and hospitality is that they, these are not fat margin industries. They don't make a lot of money. They make money on volume. Um, and so if you enforce a certain level of social distancing, a big portion of those just, just aren't viable. You just, you, can't, you just can't make money running them. Uh, and that's one of the dangers here is that it's not about saying, oh, we'll just put somebody at every second table. Well, I mean, maybe, but then the, then the business isn't viable anymore, unless it's, unless it's only viable because the federal government's paying 75% of their payroll. Um, and, and, and that might be the situation in the short term, is that we reopen some of these industries, but they're largely only operating because they're receiving money from, from the federal government through the, the wage subsidy program, for instance. Uh, so you can, you can see how this becomes a very challenging way to reopen the economy. I mean, you know, the programs that are in place are decent programs. Um, I just, there's this idea that they will proceed for four months, we'll get out of lockdown and things will just go right back to normal. Uh, Certainly, I don't think that's going to be the case from a health perspective and from an economic perspective. uh, You know, we're well into a very deep recession, I suspect, and we're not going to emerge from it immediately, even if the, the order to stay at home was lifted. I ask you about a couple of things Premier Ford mentioned in his press conference last hour. One of those is that he's getting lobbied hard, and in particular from rural communities and towns who have not been hit as hard by COVID, that they 
really eagerly want to get back to work and get back to some sort of normal or a sense of a normal and that they should be brought back almost immediately while urban centers such as Toronto might have to wait a little longer. Does that make sense? Well, this is become this is going to become a bigger issue as we start to reopen areas is that what we're going to see is we're going to see a second wave and that's going to hit some places harder than others. Uh, you could equally well see a situation where Ottawa is harder hit than Toronto, but Montreal, there doesn't seem to be as many cases uh, as easily as you could see an urban-rural divide. And so the pieces really aren't in place to to control outbreaks when they exist and when they occur. Um, certainly rural areas have been um, at the tailing, tail end of this, but they're, they're by no means immune. It's not that just because you live in rural Ontario, it means you're not going to get COVID-19. Uh, it's just rather that uh, it hasn't gotten there because the, you know there hasn't been some key person go to Toronto to pick up uh, you know a TV and then drive back to, to to a rural area and spread that through say a local church or a local arena. I mean these things are very possible. Um, and so I think what, what what needs to happen on all of this is is what happens when we see a new outbreak. How do we start to engage uh, much stronger uh, closure of of uh, non critical businesses as well as contact tracing and testing. The contact tracing and testing were nowhere near ready. Uh, And so we could reopen things, but we're just going to see resurgences and lockdowns again otherwise. Joined by David McDonald. He's with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, talking about uh, reopening the economy. When and how does that look? Uh, One of the other things Premier Ford mentioned last hour, David, was, and maybe tipped his hand a little bit, said that when they were talking about phasing people back in and back to work, that it might be outdoor workers first and those that don't necessarily have to work kind of hand in hand or shoulder to shoulder. Is that the way that we should be doing things or is this going to be a bit of a balancing act when it comes to restarting and bringing back uh, the economy? Should it be based on that or based on uh, essential work and essential needs or is it maybe the, the blending of the two? It certainly makes sense to, to stagger opening of workplaces based on what is safest and then watching and tracking how many, you know, how much of an increased outbreak is happening because we're letting construction workers go back, for instance, uh, and slowly moving down the chain to workplaces that are more densely packed, for instance, um, or people are more likely to get infected. Um, uh, but that seems to be, I mean, that's a, in essence a health-based approach to reopening. I, I think that one of, one of the other assumptions is that as this proceeds, I mean, we're, we're a month into it now, as it's gonna continue obviously into, into May at the very least, um, is that, I mean, there's a real question as to whether when we start to reopen workplaces, uh, we allow those workplaces to reopen, whether they want to reopen, whether they, whether they think that there is even enough business to reopen. Um, and so you could certainly see this in, in sort of a restaurant sector, even if we allowed small restaurants to open, how many of them think that they there's enough business in order for them to stay in business? Um, we, we just sort of assume that, of course, yes, there will be sufficient business that, that uh, because the province says they are allowed to reopen, they'll they'll automatically go back to making a profit. I'm just not clear that that's what's going to happen. And I think as this proceeds for longer and longer and drags out for much longer, that it's not a, you know, a couple month period, but it's six months or 12 month period of opening and closing and opening again, um, that a lot of these businesses uh, won't necessarily reopen, even if they're allowed to. Speaking of, gaze into your crystal ball if you could for us the next 18 months at two years i mean hopefully we have a vaccine and life returns to a normal 
What does the Canadian economy look like, do you believe? Are we looking at what's going to be a fundamental change to our economy, and will it ever boom again the way we have seen over the, the past uh, little while here? I mean, is the economy really going to fundamentally change? We've seen so many changes in so many industries just over the last couple of years. You think about things like Uber Eats and Fedora that wasn't necessarily with us three, four years ago even. I mean, are we going to look at or see a fundamental change to the economy because of this? Well, certainly, I mean, the closure up front of retail, for instance, is a good example of a, what will likely be a fairly rapid shift of a lot of those. Um, let's, I mean, the stores that survive will be a rapid shift towards online. So I think we'll certainly see a dramatic push towards more online interaction and less in-person interaction. Uh, you know, in terms of in terms of food delivery, I mean, food and hospitality, another industry that was hit very hard by this and will likely be closed on and off for, you know, six, 12 months. Um uh, arts, culture, entertainment. I mean, the, the big venues, I think, uh, will likely have some sort of long-term shift that will impact them in the sense that they will. it's unlikely that in the short term they'll, um, they'll reopen. Um, in terms of the longer-term question, will the Canadian economy boom and be successful again? Yes, I think it will be. I mean, we have the, we have the piece in place. We have a well-educated population. We have a, you know, a competent government and so on. So I, I don't think any of that's in, in doubt. But in the short term, I mean, without without a, a solution to this the, the public health problem, um, either a effective treatment or a vaccine, I mean, I think that this uncertainty that we've seen over the last month isn't going to end in May, but in fact, we'll we'll just continue for six or twelve months to come. All right, leave it there for now. David McDonald is with the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives. David, really appreciate the perspective and the time. Thanks so much for spending some with us this afternoon. Sure thing.